0: Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to the podcast, as some of you once were. With me, Trevor Brierly, pastor of Round Oak Baptist Church in Corbin, Virginia. Again, I'd like to welcome you as we dive deeper into the Word of God as we're looking and continuing through our study through the book of Romans. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, we're going to jump right into it today. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 3 verses 27 through 31. And as we continue going through this, I want to just say this, that last week, we turned a big corner in our study. We got to the point where we see what this is really all about. We looked at one of my favorite verses, which is verse 21 in chapter 3. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. But now. Isn't that amazing, that changeover? But now. We have the privilege to be able to see what Christ has done. There is no more looking forward to his coming. We are now able to see all that our Savior has already Done. He died for us and he lived so that we might know him. The life he lived, the work that he did on the cross for us, the finishing, atoning sacrifice that he was on our behalf. All that, and then Jesus rose from the dead. So, again, it's kind of a big deal. And I don't want to downplay it at all. Because again, we see so much happening and we quickly read through certain things. We quickly glance over stuff. And I think we miss the depth and the width of what's really happening. But again, we're going to finish up this chapter here today. We're going to finish up chapter three. And As you're turning there, if you haven't found it yet, but as you're finding it, keep this in mind. As we make this change over, the change from understanding who we are, which is sinners, to what we can be and who we can be in Christ, we need to see something. That we were guilty. But through faith, we have mercy and grace. And as we follow what Paul is writing about, one thing that we need to keep in mind is that everything, everything is through Jesus Christ. Everything. We fall short daily. But it is His grace, His mercy, His redemption that saves us. But again, I hope that you there hope you found it. We're going to look at Romans chapter 3, verses 27 through 31. Follow along as I read it. Where then is boasting? Is it excluded? By what kind of law? By one of works? No, on the contrary, by a law of faith. For we conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes. Of Gentiles too, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Looking back at verse 27 and 28, this is really what separates us as followers of Christ from everyone else in the world. The dividing line is huge. The chasm is large. This is what separates us as a religion from every other religion in the world. The main point here is that it is not, 100% not, capital N, capital O, capital T, not by our works. We are not saved by anything that we have done. Nor is it by anything that we could even possibly do. If you look at any other religion in the whole of the world, you have to do certain things. You have to obtain a certain position. You have to obtain a certain way of thinking. It is all about do, 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 and then do more. There are different sects inside of what we would call Christianity that think this way as well. And I have to say this, it is just wrong. The idea of works almost immediately puts you outside of the pale of Christianity. Because it doesn't teach that in the written word of God anywhere. And if it's not there, if it goes against the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's revealed to us we have to stop looking at it in that way. If it doesn't reveal to us how to be saved, and if it changes things, if it says you have to do certain things, stop listening to people who teach that. Paul said it himself Galatians 1 8 through 12. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach, any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we have received, let him be accursed. A changed, a watered down gospel can do nothing for me, for you, for anybody. Focus on what the Bible really says. And it will become clear. But again, just as Paul writes here, he says, where is boasting? Where does that fit in? He says, nowhere. It doesn't belong in the church. Well, we have to realize, what we have to remember that we're not trying to one-up each other. We're not trying to do certain things, at least in the aspect of the look at me. The whole concept that I am saved because I have done this or I have done that. Could you imagine if it was like that? Well, Realistically, we we would never hear the end of it. I know you wouldn't hear the end of it for me because that's just the kind of person that I tend to be. I admit that, and that's something that I need to work on. But the boasting, the arrogance... Would be widespread. Everything would be a competition. And there would be no real fellowship. There would be constant fighting, constant arguing. The I'm better, no, I'm better. And there would be little, if none at all, worship of God. It would be all man centered. It would be me. Focused. Aren't you glad it's not by works, but by faith? By faith through grace. And again, that is the opposite of works, which is what Paul writes here. He says, on the contrary, meaning literally the opposite of what we tend to think. The opposite the opposite of works as in we cannot work for it let me just say that this before we before we move on i do think that this is a part of the kind of thinking a part that many if not most really don't think about if we could do works to gain our salvation then we would have earned it and if we earned our salvation, that means we are owed it. And that the one who offers us salvation, God, that he would now owe us salvation. And that would put us in place of control over God. And that, my friends, is 100% not the case. We cannot earn salvation through works of any kind. It is by grace alone. It is by the grace of God God, that there is even a way, let alone Jesus Christ is the way. But it is by grace that there is a way, a way for us to be forgiven, again, by faith, because of grace. We will get more into this as we start the next chapter, but looking at all that has been done, all that has been written, the words of Jesus Christ, all the accounts of those in the New Testament, it is easy to see that there is no other way to say it. But just as Paul did, we conclude that a person is justified by faith. But again, we will continue. We will move on. Verse 29 and 30 We see that it says here again. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. You The question you can get here sometimes is did, did God change? Is there one God for the Jew and another for the Gentiles? We tend to see things in a plurality sometimes. We think that God is different in the Old Testament as opposed to the New Testament. And again, this is settled in so many different areas, but right here is one of them. Paul settles this right away. He said, there's only one God who will justify, period. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, Our ethnicity does not matter. Our nation of origin or identity doesn't matter. The only way is by faith. Period. I want to give this example because I I just like to. We tend again to forget this part. Rahab in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua. She was a Canaanite prostitute. No lineage. No way to buy herself into anyone's good graces. Not much of somebody we, we would think twice about. But to recap the story, very quickly, Rahab lived in Jericho. Uh, Joshua sent in two spies. you're starting to, starting to remember this now. But uh, so anyway, anyway, he sent in two spies. They were those who caught wind of this, and and they went to find them. Rahab hid them. And when the subsequent fall of Jericho happened, Rahab was spared. And this is what happened right after that. That uh, she, Rahab, a former prostitute, became a Jew, married Solomon, who was the mother of Boaz, and is forever enshrined in the lineage of Jesus Christ. It is faith. Faith in the one true God. The God of the Bible. Revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. That makes the difference. Not who we were. Not who we are. Not what we know or where we come from or where we grew up or what our last name is. It is by faith alone and as we looked back in chapter 2 it is the inward change the circumcision of the heart again by faith Ephesians 2 8 9 says this for you are saved by grace through faith and this is none of yourself that is a gift from God and leading more into the point of what we were talking about In this passage, he continues, verse 9, it says, Not from works, so that no one can boast. Again, we are all on the same level. Only the grace of God through Jesus Christ can save us. Only that free gift can help us and give us hope. And we can have it through faith in Jesus. Verse 31. Paul is wrapping up this thought with something. Something that I believe is very important. Because again, we tend to get stuck in this kind of thinking. He says this, Do we nullify the law through faith? And the thinking usually goes something like like this. I can do what I want because Jesus will forgive me. Or this one, maybe hits a little closer to home. As a Christian, I don't have to adhere to the law. Both of those things, and really any variance of either one of the two, they are extremely dangerous things to think about, and extremely dangerous places to be. We'll try to break this down a little bit more. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. But there's a misunderstanding of this whole thing. Essentially, the law is not one, but it is three. There are three distinct parts of it. And we need to, at least in general, get an understanding of it. First off, there's the ceremonial law. This is related to Israel's worship. These were practices that were the types, uh, the shadows of things to come. They were looking forward to the coming of a Savior, which we now know is Jesus Christ. The second part, the civil law. This is for daily living. How things are to be done in homes, in businesses, how laws of a community work. This was to maintain an order under a theocracy. Theocracy which was no king, no president, but the law and the order came from God. The main principle is to guide people's conduct. The third part, the moral law. These are direct commands from God. They reveal the nature and the will of God. The prime example, the Ten Commandments. So going back, it says, do we nullify the law through faith? Or to put it another way, maybe more understandable for us today. Do we still hold to the law? Do we have to still see what the law is? Do we still have to respect the authority of the law? And to that, my question would simply be this. Which part are you talking about? Because the ceremonial law? No. The ceremonial law was fulfilled completely by Jesus. We are no longer looking forward, forward to, uh, to his coming. We're just not. That part's done. It's over with. The civil law? To an extent. To an extent. The practices can still work today, but many would not. We do not live in an environment where many of these are even possible. But the basis behind it, how we conduct ourselves, that is something that we do need to maintain. We cannot write the general idea off. Just something to keep in mind. But the moral law, this is the big one. This is the big one. Yes, we still follow this. These are the commands from God on how we should be. These do not change over time. These do not get updated for the 21st century. And what we miss so often is that we are able to have a freedom that is not true. That we are able to do what we want. When we want because we think a certain way. We want and want and want, Because again we think a certain way. And Paul writes this, that we uphold the law. We need to see that there is a difference in what we are doing. Yes, we do and we should celebrate the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law. But by no means does that mean that we are able to disregard it. Christ gives us freedom, but that is not a freedom to. It is a freedom from. It is not a freedom to do whatever we want without regard, but it is a freedom from. A freedom from the bonds of sin and death. Again, it's not a freedom to do what we want. It's not a freedom from a concept of being subject to the law, but again it's freedom from sins, from the bonds, from the chains of death. Death that was brought by our sins. How we look at freedom will say a lot about what we believe. Not freedom as in, I live in America, I'm free to do certain things, but our freedom in Christ. How we look at that will say a lot about what we truly believe. But now, with that being said, the obvious is coming. We are not able to uphold the law. And again, it wasn't meant for that simply wasn't meant for that. It was meant to show us our sinfulness. But when Christ saves us, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us, we are changed. We're different. We are a new creation. What we cared about before, we will no longer care about. The sin that we once loved, we will now start to hate. And our entire mindset will be turned around. And we, not on our own, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will start to honor God. And we will start to obey God. And we'll do this by following the commands that He has for us. And we will start to see that they are for us. That the guardrails that He puts up in our life are good for us. They're good for us. And our obedience to God will increase. And we will know him more and more. Without the finishing work of Jesus Christ, we would not make it. We could not make it. We would be the opposite of what we hoped to be. We would be boastful, proudful, relying on our own works kind of people. We would rely on what I think I'm able to do. And when I messed up, it would obviously be somebody else's fault. We would have no real faith. And we would certainly see the law as a restraint on ourselves, keeping me from having fun or enjoying things because we see God as a cosmic killjoy. When the Opposite is the truth. We would see it at the law. We would see God in general as something that is purposefully holding us back. Because it's out of touch with the culture. Out of touch with society. And it's out of touch with my life. Jesus came to set us free. To have life. And to have life more abundant. And the more that we see what freedom really is, the more that we will know the God of the universe. And we will see with clear eyes that the trappings of this world, well, they are just that. Trappings meant to catch us and to stare us. And those are the bonds that Jesus broke. Those of sin and death. Because, again, in Christ, in Him alone, you can have truth, salvation, and real life. That is all I have for today. I hope that it was a blessing to you. Again, that was all we have for chapter 3. So far we have three chapters in the book. If you have missed any or want to go back, please feel free to go back and listen to those and you can catch up. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns on any of the first three chapters, please reach out to me. My email address is pastor at com. But again, until next time, take care and may God richly bless you as you fervently seek him.